Chapter Twenty One of Peter Simple. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Sylvia M. B. in Washington State. Peter Simple by Frederick Marriott. Chapter Twenty One. O'Brien receives his commission as lieutenant, and then we take French leave of Givet if i doubted the practicability of escape when i examined the exterior when we were ushered into the interior of the fortress i felt that it was impossible and i stated my opinion to o'brien we were conducted into a yard surrounded by a high wall the buildings appropriated for the prisoners were built with lean-to roofs on one side and at each side of the square was a sentry looking down upon us it was very much like the dens which they now build for bears only so much larger o'brien answered me with a pish pater it's the very security of the place which will enable us to get out of it but don't talk as there are always spies about who understand english we were shown into a room allotted to six of us our baggage was examined and then delivered over to us better and better pater observed o'brien they've not found it out what I inquired i oh only a little selection of articles which might be useful to us by and by he then showed me what i never before was aware of that he had a false bottom to his trunk but it was papered over like the rest and very ingeniously concealed and what is there o'brien inquired i never mind i had them made at montpelier you'll see by and by the others who were lodged in the same room then came in and after staying a quarter of an hour went away at the sound of the dinner-bell now pater said o'brien i must get rid of my load turn the key O'Brien then undressed himself, and then he threw off his shirt and drawers, showed me a rope of silk with a knot at every two feet, about half an inch in size, wound round and round his body. There were about sixty feet of it altogether. As I unwound it, he turning round and round observed, Pater, I've worn this rope ever since I left Montpelier, and you've no idea of the pain I have suffered, but we must go to England, and that's decided upon. For some days O'Brien, who really was not very well, kept to his room, during this time he often examined the map given him by the gendarme one day he said to me pater can you swim no replied i but never mind that but i must mind it peter for observe we shall have to cross the river moose and the boats are not always to be had you observe that this fortress is washed by the river on one side and as it is the strongest side it is the least guarded we must escape by it are you then determined to escape o'brien i cannot perceive how we are even to get up this wall with four sentries staring us in the face never do you mind that pater mind your own business and first tell me do you intend to try your luck with me yes replied i most certainly if you have sufficient confidence in me to take me as your companion to tell you the truth pater i would not give a farthing to escape without you the prison was by all accounts very different from verdun and some others we had no parole but a little communication with the townspeople some were permitted to come in and supply us with various articles but their baskets were searched to see that they contained nothing that might lead to an escape on the part of the prisoners without the precautions that o'brien had taken any attempt would have been useless now pater said he one day i want nothing more than an umbrella for you why an umbrella for me to keep you from being drowned with too much water that's all rain won't drown me no no pater but buy a new one as soon as you can i did so o'brien boiled up a quantity of beeswax and oil and gave it several coats of this preparation 
he then put it carefully away in the ticking of his bed we had been now about two months in givet when a steel's list was sent to a lieutenant who was confined there the lieutenant came up to o'brien and asked him his christian name terence to be sure replied o'brien then answered the lieutenant i may congratulate you on your promotion for here you are upon the list of august sure there must be some trifling mistake let me look at it terence o'brien sure enough but now the question is has any other fellow robbed me of my name in promotion at the same time father what can it mean i won't believe it not a word of it i've no more interest than a dog who drags cat's meat i then told o'brien how i had written to captain savage and had had the fact attested by the major who had made us prisoners well peter said o'brien after a pause there is a fable about a lion and a mouse if by your means i have obtained my promotion why then the mouse is a finer beast than the lion for a few days after this o'brien was very uneasy but fortunately letters arrived by that time one to me from my father in which he requested me to draw for whatever money i might require saying that the whole family would retrench in every way to give me all the comfort which might be obtained in my unfortunate situation i wept at this kindness and more than ever longed to throw myself in his arms and thank him he also told me that my uncle william was dead and that there was only one between him and the title but that my grandfather was in good health and had been very kind to him lately my mother was much afflicted at my having been made a prisoner and requested i would write as often as i could o'brien's letter was from captain savage the frigate had been sent home with despatches and o'brien's conduct represented to the admiralty which had in consequence promoted him to the rank of lieutenant o'brien came to me with the letter his countenance radiant with joy as he put it into my hands in return i put mine into his and he read it over peter my boy i'm under great obligations to you when you were wounded and feverish you thought of me at a time when you had quite enough to think of yourself but i never think in words i see your uncle william is dead how many more uncles have you my uncle john who is married has already two daughters blessings on him may he stick to the female line of business peter my boy you shall be a lord before you die nonsense o'brien i have no chance don't put such foolish ideas in my head what chance had i of being a lieutenant and am i not one but peter do me one favour as i am really a lieutenant just touch your hat to me only once that's all but i wish the compliment just to see how it looks lieutenant o'brien said i touching my hat have you any further orders yea sir replied he that you never presume to touch your hat to me again unless we sail together and then that's a different sort of thing about a week afterwards o'brien came to me and said the new moon's quartered in with foul weather if it holds prepare for a start i have put what is necessary in your little haversack it may be to-night go to bed now and sleep for a week if you can but you'll get but little sleep if we succeed for the week to come this was about eight o'clock i went to bed and about twelve i was roused by o'brien who told me to dress myself carefully and come down to him in the yard it was some time before i could find o'brien who was hard at work and as i had already been made acquainted with all his plans i will now explain them at montpelier he had procured six large pieces of iron about eighteen inches long with a gimlet at one end of each and a square at the other which fitted to a handle which unshipped for precaution he had a spare handle but each handle fitted to all the irons o'brien had screwed one of these pieces of iron between the interstices of the stones of which the wall was built and sitting astride on that was fixing another about three feet above when he had accomplished this he stood upon the lower iron 
and supporting himself by the second which about met his hip he screwed in a third always fixing them about six inches on one side of the other and not one above the other when he had screwed in his six irons he was about half up the wall and then he fastened his rope which he had carried round his neck to the upper iron and lowering himself down unscrewed the four lower irons then ascending by the rope he stood upon the fifth iron and supporting himself by the upper iron recommenced his task by these means he arrived in the course of an hour and a half at the top of the wall where he fixed his last iron and making his rope fast he came down again now peter said he there's no fear of the sentries seeing us if they had the eyes of cats they could not until we were on the top of the wall but then we arrive at the laces and we must creep to the ramparts on our bellies i am going up with all the materials give me your haversack you will go up lighter and recollect should any accident happen to me you run to bed again if on the contrary i pull the rope up and down three or four times you may shear up it as fast as you can o'brien then loaded himself with the other rope the two knapsacks iron crows and other implements he had procured and last of all with the umbrella pater if the rope bears me with all this it is clear it will bear such a creature as you are therefore don't be afraid so whispering he commenced his ascent in about three minutes he was up and the rope pulled i immediately followed him and found the rope very easy to climb from the knots at every two feet which gave me a hold for my feet and i was up in as short a time as he was he caught me by the collar putting his wet hand on my mouth i lay down beside him while he pulled up the rope we then crawled on our stomachs across the glacis till we arrived at the rampart it was some time before o'brien could find out the point exactly above the drawbridge of the first ditch at last he did he fixed his crowbar in and lowered down the rope now pater i had better go first again when i shake the rope from below all's right o'brien descended and in a few minutes the rope again shook i followed him and found myself received in his arms upon the meeting of the drawbridge but the drawbridge itself was up o'brien led the way across the chains and i followed him when we crossed the moat we found a barrier gate locked this puzzled us o'brien pulled out his picklocks to pick it but without success here we were fast we must undermine the gate o'brien we must pull up the pavement until we can creep under pater you are a fine fellow i never thought of that we worked very hard until the hole was large enough using the crowbar which was left and a little wrench which o'brien had with him by these means we got under the gate in the course of an hour or more this gate led to the lower rampart but we had a covered way to pass through before we arrived at it we proceeded very cautiously when we heard a noise we stopped and found it was a sentry who was fast asleep snoring o'brien thought for a moment pater said he now is the time for you to prove yourself a man he is fast asleep but his noise must be stopped i will stop his mouth but at the very moment that i do so you must throw open the pan of his musket and then he cannot fire it i will o'brien don't fear me we crept cautiously up to him and o'brien motioned to me to put my thumb upon the pan i did so and the moment that o'brien put his hand upon the soldier's mouth i threw open the pan the fellow struggled and snapped his lock as a signal but of course without discharging his musket and in a minute he was not only gagged but bound by o'brien with my assistance leaving him there we proceeded to the rampart and fixing the crowbar again o'brien descended i followed him and found him in the river hanging on to the rope the umbrella was open and turned upwards 
the preparation made it resist the water and as previously explained to me by o'brien i had only to hold on at arm's length to two beckets which he had fixed to the point of the umbrella which was under the water to the same part o'brien had a tow-line which taking in his teeth he towed me down the stream to about a hundred yards clear of the fortress where we landed o'brien was so exhausted that for a few minutes he remained quite motionless i also was benumbed with the cold pater said he thank god we have succeeded so far now we must push on as far as we can for we shall have daylight in two hours o'brien took out his flask of spirits and we both drank a half tumbler at least but we should not in our state have been affected with a bottle we now walked along the riverside till we fell in with a small craft with a boat towing astern o'brien swam to it and cutting the painter without getting in towed it on shore the oars were fortunately in the boat i got in and we shoved off and rowed away down the stream till the dawn of day all's right pater now we land this is the forest of our dens we landed replaced the oars in the boat and pushed her off into the stream to induce people to suppose that she had broken adrift and then hastened into the thickest of the wood it rained hard i shivered and my teeth chattered with the cold but there was no help for it we again took a dram of spirits and worn out with fatigue and excitement soon fell fast asleep upon a bed of leaves which we had collected together End of chapter twenty one